in this week's Torah portion. We see this in an amazing way. And I've been, I've been reading scripture. I've been challenging you to do this. To read Torah, the Torah portion. And if you understand the story the way you understood it last year or the year before, stop and say, Hashem, I already know that story. You need to show me something I've never seen before. I need to see something. I, I am not called to do the same thing over and over and over. That is repetitious. Hashem is not repetitious. Hashem is Kadosh. Kadosh means set apart, which means He doesn't do the same thing just the same way as the next day. He is always the same, but He's showing a different side of Himself. And He looks different, but it's really not because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But He's constantly showing us a unique side of Himself that we have never seen. I challenge you as sons and daughters of the King deeper, deeper, deeper. Be challenged, be challenged. Refuse to pick the thing up and say, Adonai, I want to see something new. You know, oftentimes, the story of Yosef, Joseph, you know, and his brothers, that story is often told, and usually who is the focal person of the story? Yosef, right? Oh, Yosef, Yosef, let me tell you something. The focal story of this story is not Yosef to Yosef's brothers. Matter of fact, they can't stand him. You know, how many of these dreams would you put up with before you start saying, this kid, he got on their nerves and they hated him. They hated him because he was a mama daddy's boy. They're out there working every day in his home Looking at his nails, you know, making himself look all beautiful, perfuming himself with his beautiful coat. They couldn't stand it. As a matter of fact, his own parents had a little problem with him. Especially when he said, I got another dream. <laughs> the, the stars were bound to me, then the sun and the moon were bound to me. And it says that his dad says, hey, okay, okay. I am not really sure if that's an anointed dream. <laughs> that's either wishful thinking, or maybe you ate some strange pizza with pepperoni. It has that effect on you. <laughs> uh, anybody who's struggling with a pepperoni, that's just, that's just to see if you're aware. Did a rabbi say pepperoni? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So naturally, what do they do? They, they say, we gotta kill this kid. So they send him off for that. You know the story. The focus of the story often goes to Joseph because of what he's suffering. And a lot of times we, we relate to Joseph because we're going through a hard time in our life and someone will come up to you and says, oh, you just have a Joseph anointing. <laughs> Hang in there because you're a Joseph. And then we can sort of rely on that he encouraged someone to say, the suddenlies of God, suddenly, suddenly, in one day, God takes Joseph and turns him from being a prisoner to being second in command of Egypt. Hallelujah! And you actually feel good when you hear that message up until like three years later after hearing the same message. And you still feel like a Joseph in prison and nothing is changing. And it gets a little sickening. So today... So I was reading Torah portion at <laughs> 6 o'clock in the morning because I forgot to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm reading it and then the night revealed to me an amazing part of the story I had never really seen. 
And then I took the focus completely away from Joseph and put the, the, the focus completely on Yaakov. I have had a difficult life. I tried to get the blessing from myself. I, I've seen ladders going up with angels going up and down. I have had my walks and my moments. I've had it, my anointed times with Hashem, and it's been wonderful. But I'm getting older and older and older. And at this present time, it seems like all the joy I've had about Hashem has shifted a little bit. And the joy that I have is in my sons. My sons, not his 12 sons, but simply Benjamin. And Yosef, the sons that are connected to the wife that he loved, it's like something changed inside of him where instead of being wrestling with Hashem and saying, Hashem, I will not let you go until you bless me, suddenly you get older and older and you don't have those, those moments without deny anymore and suddenly he finds himself and his joy is these two boys. But there's one problem because from his standpoint, all he knows about the story is that his sons bring the, this robe all ripped apart with blood and they said, we found this in the way. And can you imagine this man that no longer was walking and having amazing moments without an eye, now finds himself with two things that he loves. And one of them gets ripped from him. And he cries out to Adonai. Do you realize this man is crying to Adonai? He says, Adonai, did you forget? Did you forget when we wrestled? Did you forget the promises that you made me? Didn't you promise that I would have all these descendants and all this thing would happen? What happened, Adonai? Why is it that my son, my favorite son, was ripped from me? How could this happen? And you find yourself, if you focus on that part of the story, you find yourself with an old man who is gray and old and weeping day after day after day, unconsolable. You could not console him because of what happened to his son. And maybe even doubts begin to come over his head. It's like, Hashem, am I crazy? I thought we were wrestling. I thought you made me these promises. But my son is gone. How could this happen? What did I do? What did I do for this? And he's unconsolable. And then the land that Hashem promised his people, the land of milk and honey, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, starts to dry up. And from his point, all he knows is what's happening, Hashem. You promised that I would return back to this land. You promised that you would send the rain. You promised that I would have plenty for my family. You promised my children and the blessings, and you promised me the land. And my, my favorite son is dead, and the land is becoming dead. Hadunai, where are you? Hadunai, where are you? You. And I tell you the truth, I guarantee you that for many times he began to think, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I didn't even have an encounter with other night. What changed in my life that Hashem is no longer watching over me, watching over my land, watching over my children? So he hears somewhere, somewhere, that Goim have food. And he has to humble himself and say, we, we are the chosen people that are living in the chosen land. We have to humble ourselves before the Gentiles to beg them to give us some food. Talk about 
about humbly. And starvation does amazing things to humble you. You begin to starve, you lose. You lose your pride real fast. You begin to long for half-eaten hamburgers and trash cans. Because you're starving and you're dying. And you realize that all the promises Shem said, maybe it's for somebody else because obviously it's not for you anymore. Because his eyes are no longer watching over you. Your situation is desperate and doomed. And Yaakov and his family were desperate and doomed. And worse yet, his favorite son was gone. So he sends ten brothers. The ones that did not belong to his favorite wife. He kept one son behind, Benjamin. And his brothers go, and you know the story, we can jump back to what's happening. You know, they go down and they bow down, I mean, and when you're reading the story, especially if you've been hurt a lot, that's the part of the story you really like. Ha-ha! Uh-huh! Mm-hmm! And you almost want that to happen. All the people who have harmed you, you're waiting for the day that they're going to come to you. They're not going to recognize you. They're going to bow down to you. And you're like, I knew it. I am a Joseph. Because you screwed all up when it's not anointed of the Lord. So there they were. They go before an Egyptian ruler. Egyptian rulers were considered gods. Do you understand that? So they bow down before an Egyptian ruler as if he is a god. And you know the story. He recognizes them, but they do not recognize him. Why? Because he is dressed up as an Egyptian god. And he speaks the language of the Egyptian gods. It is impossible for them to recognize that this is their brother because he speaks a different language and he looks different and he smells different. That's why they can't recognize him at all. And he looks at them and I'll tell you something, in our human as we do funny things, in his heart he's saying, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, glory to God. The Lord <laughs> will be my retribution. Hallelujah. Ha! <laughs> Lord to God. Hold, hold me back. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> because because you're longing for the day that you can say, now you'll know what it feels like because you put me through hell. Oh, I'm gonna enjoy this. Oh, this is gonna be good. And they're bowing down. And they can't recognize him because he looks like an Egyptian god. He has an Egyptian name. And he's dressed as an Egyptian lord. So this Egyptian god looks at them (laughs) and he says, you don't fool me. And notice, he's not talking straight to them, he's talking to the interpreter. (laughs) 
<laughs> the Egyptian interpreter says, Our Lord says you don't fool him. Despise. And they're like, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, we're not spies. We live in 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 Israel. But we're not spies. We're Hebrew, we're hungry. We we have family back there. We're not spies, we have family. And Who's this family you're talking about? We have a father, we have a younger brother, and we had another brother, but he's no more. <laughs> and you can just see, you know, just because Joseph understands what they're saying. You can see him saying, that's right, he ain't no more. <laughs> that little brother with that fancy coat that your daddy made has got a fancy coat now. Oh, he ain't no more. <laughs> and of course, you know the story. He says, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I think you guys are spies. And what you're going to have to do is this. One of you is going to stay here as a slave. The rest go home. I want to see this little brother. They have quotations in Egyptian. It's <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him. They said, oh, no, this is not good. You know, they go home. On their way home, they look into their bags, and all the money, all the money they paid for the food is in the bag. They said, oh, oh no, this is not good. They get home, and their old father says, ah, ah, dude. Now the house see Notice that the father didn't go, Simeon is gone! Simeon is gone! Simeon is gone! Why? Ah, Simeon belongs to one of the other women. <laughs> Just don't touch my two sons. I have the same. Well, he is in prison. We have some bad news, and then we have some worse news. Because you see, Simeon is in prison, and we can't get him back until we bring Benjamin with us. And Yaakov says, Oh, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Not going to happen. Because you know what? All of us have something in our lives that we say that is unnegotiable. I am not. I am not surrendering that. That's the son of my joy. If he's gone, I'm going into Sheol in sorrow. That's not going to happen. But Father, what about Simeon? I added a few little things. It's what I called it 
Rabbi Peter's oral traditions. <laughs> We're writing a book about it. Okay. No, 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 forget. But listen, that's exactly what he said. You're not going back with him. What about Simeon? Sorry, it sucks to be Simeon. You're not taking my son with you. It's not going to happen. And he refused to allow this boy to go. Meanwhile, I'm going to tell you something. There are no signs at this point in time that Joseph is feeling any compassion for his brothers. I think Joseph is enjoying his day in the sun. He's thinking to himself, this man, Adonai, Adonai, you are so much better than I thought you were. <laughs> this is, this is, talk about Reggie, this is crazy, Adonai. This is crazy. I could just see him, you know, go to the prison, Shimeon. He wants to know, so where is your brother? Because as time went by, remember, they didn't come back with Benjamin. They left him there. So Yosef, who knew exactly what the story was, he'd go down there and probably look at him and says, Oh, you had a brother, huh? Looks like you're spy losers. <laughs> left you for dead in a many times Yosef paced wondering, what am I going to do? Okay, they're not coming back. I know they're not going to come back. You know why? Because they're losers. They are stiff-necked losers. They deserve death. What can I do to this one, though? <laughs> oh, I gotta do something. I gotta do something. How do you know he thought that? Because he is a human like you. That's how don't think for a moment, how oh, Joseph was just such a nice guy. When he saw his brothers, he was like, oh, I want to love you, but right now, I just need to see if I can test you first. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he did what anybody else would do under the circumstance. And as time went by, more and more he began to realize, I knew it. These guys are not coming back. There's a little problem. It's called famine. Remember I said earlier, hunger really humbles you. Hunger can cause you to say, that ain't gonna happen into, oh, they. Might as well go for it. Hunger caused Yaakov to say, well, you know what, I've been thinking about this for a minute. It, uh, okay, I don't want to lose Benjamin, but you know what? If we don't go get some food from those stupid Goyim, we're all going to die. <laughs> I'm not really sure if there's a benefit in that. <laughs> in Yehuda, something rises up in Yehuda. <sighs> <laughs> And Yahuda begins to say, I think he's prophesying, he doesn't know what, because back then they didn't have, you know, the Pentecostals that teach you what prophecy is or what it is. So he just said, oh, Father, let the lad go with me. They can have my life, I'll spare the, 
can I just say? <laughs> because the line of Yehuda is the line of the anointed one who's in the business of giving himself to save somebody else. So Yehuda doesn't know what's going on, but it's coming out. Did I just say that? No, Yehuda, you didn't. But there's one in you who did. He just needed your mouth to speak. So they bring Benjamin and they go up. This is a long time after. And they go up there and Hafnachmea <laughs> sees them come up and he looks at his brother. Inside family thing, his real brother. <laughs> this is my real brother. All these other guys are half-brothers. That's my real brother. And he looks at his brother, and at that moment, something for the first time began to change. Why? Not because somehow, miraculously, Joseph is going to love his little brother, and that will cause him to change his feelings towards these other brothers. That's not what happened. Because if that was the case, Yosef could have just taken Benjamin with him and killed the rest and said, you know, it's you and me, brother. It's you and me, little brother. Our, dad's almost, our father's almost dead anyway. These guys are idiots. They're dead. But <laughs> he didn't do that. Something is beginning to happen. What is beginning to happen that's beginning to change something inside of Yosef's heart? Because no longer is he doing all kinds of strange things. He's, it says that he looked at his little brother and he had to run away. And he had to wipe the tears off his face and get his composure because something is happening. I'm going to tell you what's happening. Yaakov. The man who for many years lost his ability to have these amazing moments with God, when he let go of the sun of his joy, when he let go of the thing that he could never ever have let go, and he gave really what could have been his only begotten son, the last thing he had of joy, when he released himself from that, he got down on his hands and knees, and he began to pray to God denied. And he said, Adonai, 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 give my sons favor in the eyes of that man. <laughs> give them favor. And as this old man was praying at home, the prayers like incense went up into the heavens. It was the prayer of an old man that began to change the atmosphere for the heart of Joseph, where Joseph began to, to feel compassion and pity for his brothers. And you know he began to feel compassion for all of his brothers because immediately after that, he prepared for all of them a table and a banquet, and he got everything ready. And he told the Goyim, Goyim, get over here. Fix up a meal for, for these people, you know? And they did, and, they, and he fed them, and he lined them up according to their age, you know? And they were perplexed, why is this happening? What's going on? You don't understand. And then he said, you know what? I'm gonna send you home with, with food, and, and, and you guys are gonna be blessed. So he sends them off with food, and you know the story, they send, they send, they're all confused. They're going back, and everybody's over there with them. Everybody's good. Oh, hooray, Baruch Hashem. Oh, praise the Lord. Hooray. We're no longer under judgment. Hallelujah. They're all going home. All of a sudden they hear the thunder of chariots chasing after them. They're surrounded. 
by the Egyptian charioteers. Oh, we got a problem. We got a problem. You see, you filthy little Jews were in our master's house, and there is a cup missing. Hmm, I wonder who could have taken it. No, no. See, they were used to by now. No, they're used to no, no, no. That could not be. It's impossible. And you know what? When you are so certain that you're right, you speak ahead of time. He says, if you find the cup, you kill the man that has the cup, and we're all going to be your slaves. Because they were so certain this was an impossibility. They said, very well. And they're all like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Just like I thought. Until... Take me 
save them. Miles away. Adonai, send down Mashiach. Send down Mashiach. Yahuda, take me. Save them. Adonai, send down your mercy. Yahuda, take me. I will lay myself down to spare them. Please. Adonai, send down your Mashiach. Yosef looks at them. He does something amazing. He says, Goim, Goim, get out! He ordered every single non-Jew, get out of this place because I'm about to do something that has to do with my brothers. And you don't understand because you think I'm an Egyptian god and I'm about to reveal who I really am. And he tells all the Goyim, out of here. And they all run out. And he looks at his brothers and he takes off his wig. And he takes off his makeup. And he begins to speak in their language. And he says to them, I am not Afnaf I am <laughs> Yeshua, yeah. I am Yosef, your brother. And Yosef ran to them, and Yosef received them. They didn't have to receive him, he received them. When he revealed that I am not an Egyptian god, I am your brother. I speak your language. Come, come, come. We're going to have a great celebration today. And you know the rest of the story. He ran out, he got his family, all the children, and this crazy rug and maru ended up all in Goshen somewhere and celebrating and celebrating. And you know how you know that his brothers never converted into believing in Joseph as the, the god of the, the, the Egyptians because even after he blessed them, they always wondered, when our father dies, he's probably going to kill us all. So they never, they never converted into accepting Joseph. It was Joseph who gave himself to them and received them. We are living in the generation where there's a great famine coming to the land. The brothers of Yosef, the brothers of Yeshua, are going to be starving pretty soon. In fact, many of them are starving because they're trying to understand the things of Adonai, but there's something sort of missing sometimes. And so they, there's, a, there's a physical and a spiritual starvation, starvation coming to Adonai's people. And the children of Israel are supposed to come to the Goyim for food. The Goyim keep Jesus as this great big God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get myself in trouble today. Go for it. They can't understand that because the greatest prayer they have is Shema. makeup and they put a beautiful blonde wig over it. Jesus. They can't recognize their brother.
brother, because your brother is being viewed by the Gentiles as a Gentile God. They're celebrating the birth of their brother on the birth of Gentile gods. They're celebrating the, the revelation of the lamb being slain that would come in years later on the festivals that are dedicated to Ishtar. They can't possibly recognize him as their brother. And as long as the goyim are in the house trying to keep him looking the way they want him to look, it is impossible for him to say, I'm telling you the truth. You're about to hear a shout coming from the heavenlies, and it's going to be Yeshua himself saying to all who refuse to have the heart, all the goyim that refuse to have the heart of Ruth, the Ruth that said, your people are my people, your God is my God, wherever you go, I go, wherever you die, I die, and may Hashem deal with me severely if I do not keep my promise to become one with you. Any goyim that refuses to recognize that you have been grafted into the people of Israel and not the other way around, if you are that goyim, you are about to hear a shout coming from the heavens and it's Yeshua himself saying to all of those goyim, get out of here because I'm about to reveal myself as their brother and he is going to receive them. Amen. They're not going to receive So I ask you today, I ask you today, what is your Ben Yamin that you refuse to give up? Because if you refuse to give up that Ben Yamin, you'll never be able to have access into the heavenlies so that Adonai will favor the people of Israel. Do you understand this? When you're willing to give up, when you're willing to give up your Benjamin. And you know your Benjamin could be a million things. Do you know that sorrow could be your Benjamin? You can be so used to walking in sorrow that someone wants to say, come on, get rid of that. He says, no, that, I know how to live in sorrow. That I, you know, your Benjamin doesn't even have to be a blessing. It could actually be a curse. But you, it's whatever you refuse to let go. Your Benjamin is whatever you refuse to let go. That's your Benjamin. As long as you're holding on to your Benjamin, you cannot open a channel to the heavenlies to say, Adonai, give favor to the sons. What sons? The people of Israel. Give them favor. This Yaakov had a change of heart when he gave up the most dearest thing he had. He asked Adonai to send the anointing. Christian language. Send us Christ. Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus Christ means? Hebrew. Yahshua, Mashiach. Yah, God. Shua, saving. Uh, Mashiach, anointing. Send God's saving anointing. Because if you send your saving anointing, through whoever vessel you choose, your people will be set free. You might be in this place today saying to yourself, all right, that was a very beautiful teaching, but it's just Rabbi saying that Jesus is not God. Last time I checked, he was part of the Trinity. <laughs> but last time Nicodemus checked, 
He started being born again and going back into his mother's <laughs> Sometimes you have to say, okay, Adonai, obviously I don't quite understand what's happening here, but Adonai, I need to let go of my Ben Yamin so I can understand what you're saying. Because you're in the process of revealing yourself as the brother. See, that's the part we don't understand. You know why? Because if you come from a going background, you can really relate with praise Jesus kind of a thing because we relate to, to worshiping things. Everything Yeshua always spoke was worship Hashem. Pray to Hashem as me. Pray to Him as me. I die, I have this glory, but the glory the Father has given me, I give to you. As the Father has sent me into the world, I send you into the world. The famine is coming. And I say it's a good thing. <laughs>